I can be loud. I could probably preach without it. Um, it's my honor I get to bring the word today. I know we're, we got a lot going on, so I'll talk fast. So if you can listen fast, we'll, we'll make a great team. Sound good? All right. So we are going to kind of recap what Tyron preached last week. If we can bring up the picture of Tyron and Nicole. They lead the team of NCMI that leads all of the local churches in all the countries around the entire world. So there are thousands and thousands of NCMI churches. This is the awesome couple. They just happen to live 20 minutes away from us. They could live anywhere globally and have lived many, many countries. At this particular time, they happen to be 20 minutes away, so we try to snatch them up as much as possible. So Tyron preached last week, um, and I just want to give a little bit of history on NCMI. You guys hear us talk about NCMI a lot, and maybe you're like, I kind of know what that is. Maybe you've looked it up online. Maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, So I'd like us to all understand who NCMI is and what our relationship is with NCMI. So NCMI stands for New Covenant Ministries International. Um, And they are, it started off as a, just a heart to do what the Bible says, to have the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors um, equip the local churches to do what they're called to do. Um, it's, It's not an organization. There's no paperwork. It is a partnership, Okay. So we're going to read the mission. Um, I'm just going to read it so that people online, I don't know how well you can see it. New Covenant Ministries International, NCMI, is a translocal ministry team with an apostolic heart that is comprised of men and women through partnership, help pastors, elders build their local churches in doing the work of Jesus Christ's kingdom in their areas. Our work is in equipping and mobilizing believers for the fulfillment of the work of the kingdom and the discipling of the nations. Our mission is to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Awesome, right? Awesome. So that's their mission. Um, NCMI is simply a name. It's given out of Ephesians 4, like I said, those, that fivefold gifts to equip the church. So anytime we have um, somebody come in that's on the NCMI team, they are a gift. They're not a guest speaker. They're not somebody we randomly look on a list and go, okay, this guy is you know, in Kansas. We'll invite him over. It's all based out of relationship. These are all people that we personally know, we do life together with. When we have a crisis or we have something in the church that we need direction on or personally, we call, we get on the phone, and sometimes we'll get on a plane, and we do life together. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. Okay? So last week when Tyron came, his job was to equip us as a local church and as believers. Um, you can also find the link to NCMI on our website. If you'd like more information, you can see all the ministries all over. And you guys, you could, because we're a part of NCMI, if you are a young person or an old person, you're like, I want to do a missions trip. I want to get plugged in. I want to do an internship. All of the NCMI churches partner together. The whole world is your oyster, as they say. You could go to any of these churches and, and help or serve or be interned or practice your gift Um, So I just want to throw that out there, and then if you have um, questions about that, just let us know, and we'll help you get connected. All right, so last week Tyron was here, um, and his his message was, I think the basis for me was on obedience. Um, There were lots of, if you know Tyron, he like, like there's so much information, and you're like, wow, okay, there was like, for me that would be like eight messages, but I think the heart of his message last week was on obedience, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And my goal today is for us as a local church to remember, to hear what God said last week, and to make it applicable to our lives. We are in an age where we are bombarded with so much information. We love information. How much information? What other podcast can I listen to? What other thing can I hear? And then it's just information. 
and we don't want it to be information. We want the word of God to go down deep and to transform our lives. Amen? Amen. Am I talking really fast? Okay. Are you listening really fast? Are we making a good team? All right. Awesome. All right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you that you are good and only good, that you are faithful, that you are just, that you are kind, that you are strong, that you are all the things that we need. God, that everything that we need can be found in you and is in you. Lord, this morning my prayer is that we hear not what I'm saying or even what Tyron said. Lord, our heart is to hear what you are saying to us today. God, all of us desire to know you more and then to make you known to others. So God, would you anoint this message, anoint my lips to say only what's on your heart and for us as your people to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So obedience, I want you to say obedience equals love. Love equals obedience. All right, so we're going to start in chapter 14. Tyron broke down several of these scriptures. Jesus here is talking to the disciples, and I love these chapters. You should go back and read them because Jesus is like teaching all this stuff, and Simon will be like, wait, what do you mean? And someone else will be like, wait, what do you mean? And they're asking questions, and it's actually, I wish I was sitting there like a fly on the wall because it's very interesting. So he's teaching them in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. In John 14, 21, a couple of verses later, he says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. John 14, 23 and 24, a couple of verses later, if anyone loves me, Jesus says, he will keep my word. Do you hear the repetition here? Yeah. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So all of these scriptures, God or Jesus is like, this is my love language. I'm breaking it down for you. There's no question. If you want to love me and you want to know how that works, I'm going to tell you. And that word is obedience. It's, it's doing what he says to do. Right? He doesn't say, if you adore me, that means you love me. Yes, we do adore him. Yes, we do love him. Yes, we do all these things. But Jesus is saying, if you what? Obey my commands. That's his love language. So Mark and I, in marriage, and you've probably done this too if you're married, you talk about love language, right? Like, this is how I hear love. We all hear love different. So Mark doesn't hear love by flowers. He likes flowers, but if I buy him a bouquet of flowers, I'm like, babe, I love you so much. He's going to be like, that's, that's cool. Okay. He's going to be like, did somebody give these to her? And then she didn't, she gave, like, he might be a little puzzled because that doesn't, that's not how he hears love, right? Now, if he buys me flowers, I'm like, oh, he loves me. I hear love that way. That's great. So Jesus is breaking it down. This is how I hear love. This is my love language. Obedience equals love. Love equals obedience. It's cause and effect. If you love me, this is the result. You show me that you love me by obeying me. Verse 21, it says, He who keeps my commands, I will love him and manifest myself to him. I think we all, that's our heart as a Christian, right, is Jesus, show me who you are. Manifest yourself to me. Show me your presence. Speak to me. 
all of these things. Every time I pray, the, pray those are some things that I'm always talking about, right? Um, but I don't typically think we put these two things together, love and obedience. Do you? Do you naturally go, I'm gonna, it, it doesn't feel warm and fuzzy, does it? If you love me, you'll obey me. And we all know how God works. His ways are not our ways. So sometimes we're like, well, I would love it if you would ask me to do this, God. And he's like, actually, I'm asking you to do this. And you're like, that's the opposite. It's hard. But he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. So this is interesting. We've all probably heard the Great Commission a million times, right? So let's read it. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. That last little part I find interesting because I, I don't really focus on that part. I hear, disciple the nations, go out, tell everybody about me in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. That last part, observing all things, the other translations in the Bible say to obey all the commands. Huh. There it is again. These are Jesus' final words before he goes, right? This is his last, like, this is really important. I'm trying to tell you something. He says, teach them to obey. Go disciple the nations and teach them to obey. Obedience is important to God. Can we say that? Obedience is important to God. The very core of our belief as Christians is obedience. Jesus had to be what? obedient to the Father, and go to the cross. If he wasn't obedient to the Father, what, what would our faith be on? His disobedience? His, that's the whole base of what we believe, you guys. It's on obedience. In Philippians 2.8, it says, He humbled himself and became obedient, even to the point of death on the cross, right? I love it. And then right after that says, and then God gave him the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Um, okay, so let's, I'm going to kind of um, throw out some kind of quotes that Tyron touched on that I feel like as a local body we need to hear. There were, I took notes and I like to doodle and draw and point arrows and circle things. And, and there were several things I'm like, ooh, that's good. So I'm going to give you those, ooh, that's good. And then I would encourage you to go back and listen to his message. I've listened to it three or four times already. You can see it on YouTube. You can see it on Facebook. You can listen to it from our website. And also, the po if you have a podcast app, it's all over the place. So go and take a listen. You will be really blessed. So he said, there is a price for obedience, but there is a greater price for disobedience. There is a price for obedience, and that's the part we don't like, Right? It causes us to be uncomfortable. It causes us to stretch ourselves. It causes us to be bold with our faith. It might cause us to talk to someone that we don't want to talk to or love somebody that's not very lovable or do something that's hard. We have friends, and maybe some of you have moved countries or moved towns because God said, move over here, help plant this church, help do this work, right? So it's not always easy, but we have to choose if we're going to be obedient or not. So in your life... You may not want to obey God because it's hard or inconvenient. But maybe we need to weigh if we're disobedient and disobey, that price is actually worse. We just don't know what it is, right? Um, and, and I think we can all kind of put the two and two together, what that could look like. 
Um, the next thing is talking about the miraculous catch in the Bible. It's in um, Luke 5. He said, success in the kingdom of God is a succession of yeses to the king. Success in the kingdom of God is a succession of yeses to the king. So it's kind of like anything else. When you say yes to take a job, you actually have to show up and keep saying yes to do your job. Or you don't have a job, right? You have to show up every day and say, yes, I'm going to do my job. When we say yes to God and we invite Jesus into our heart, that's just the beginning. And then he begins to say, well, will you love me? Will you serve me? Will you love your annoying neighbor? Will you, will you raise your children to know my voice? Will you, will you, will you? Can you? And he draws us in, and it's our choice to continually say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's a succession of yeses to the king. Um, in Luke 5, talking about that miraculous catch, Jesus wanted a boat. Simon said yes, gave him a boat. Jesus needed to be pushed out onto the water. Simon said yes and pushed him out. Success, succession of yeses. Then in verse 4, Jesus said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Simon replies, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. There's another yes, right? So the moment we stop saying yes is the moment we stop being successful in the kingdom. And there have been times in my life where I just feel like I'm hitting a wall and I'm like, what's happening? And I often find that it's because I've told no to God at some point. Not, not intentionally usually, sometimes. But it's usually like, uh, nope, not doing that. Too hard, too painful, too whatever, right? We have all the things. It's usually because I've closed a door to God somewhere. And he's like, oh, it's fine, I'm right here, whenever you're ready, this is what I'm asking, and this is what's best for you. And I get to choose. The text continues, and they caught so many fish that their boat began to sink. In verse 9, it says, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. I love Tyron's point here. He said, who or what is on the other side of my obedience? Ooh, this is where it gets tricky, right? We're humans. We are all intertwined. Our lives are intertwined. Everything fits nicely woven together. And we seem to think that my life doesn't affect your life and your life doesn't affect my life. So if I am disobedient to God, eh, it's no big deal. It's not how it works. You and I know very well, if you live with anybody, their actions affect you all the time. My actions affect my family all the time. So who or what is on the other side of your obedience? When we are obedient, the others around us, they benefit, right? They benefit from those things. So teenagers, when your parents are obedient to God, you reap the benefits. There are things that you reap because of that. Church, when your pastors, hopefully your pastors are obedient to God, right? When we're not, please let us know. Be like, hey. When we're obedient to God, you as a local church, you benefit. When your spouse is obedient to God, you benefit. When your coworker, your neighbor, your friend is obedient to God, you reap the benefits. That's how it works. I think of all the conversations that took place after this miraculous catch, right? They're pulling in all these fish, they're pulling in all these fish. Holy moly, they're pulling in all these fish, right? So 
I'm not a fisherman, but I imagine at some point they had to clean the fish, sell the fish, sort the fish, distribute the fish, eat the fish, hopefully, right? They got to do all these things, and I just think of all these smelly guys, fishermen, talking like, tell me again, when, when did you get these fish? Oh, last night? No, 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 you got them during the day? You fished during the day? So stupid, why did you, oh, but the fish are here. Uh, who told you to do this? You fished all night and didn't catch anything, and then some guy comes by and says, throw out your net again? So weird. How many fish? Look at all these fish. You guys, and they're going to their families. We have so many fish. We normally have two. Tonight we have ten. They got to bless their neighbors. They got to give them away. They got to make profit or sell them. All these things. Right? It wasn't just about the person on the boat casting the net. All of the things that that ripple affected and all the people that benefited from the obedience that he had to cast the net. It didn't make sense. Nine times out of ten when God tells me something, I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. That doesn't fit in my little box that I have. That doesn't work with my schedule. Right? Am I the only one who does that? Come on. But... God knows better. And when we're obedient, there's benefits, not just for us, for everyone around us. How many times have you been blessed by somebody else's obedience? How many books have you read? Because somebody was obedient when God said, write a book. How many Bible studies have you been to? Because somebody was obedient, even though they felt like Moses. I can't say anything fancy. I have no words. I'm not the guy. I'm not the gal. And they wrote a book. They started a podcast. They started a blog. They opened a preschool. They, we benefit, right? So who or what is on the other side of your obedience? What is your big catch? So let's personalize this. What is your big catch? Is it a business deal? Is it a people group? Some of you are called to go to the nations. Is there a people group waiting for you to arrive? Is it a child? Is it a future spouse? Mark heard God to move to California. He was living in Tulsa at the time. God opened up a door for him. He prayed about it. And he was like, yep, this is God. I'm moving to Colorado. Didn't really know very many people here. I had a couple buddies here. He got here in October. We met in November. Got married in June. Thank you for being obedient. I love you. (laughs) I benefited from his obedience for sure. Um, someone's healing or breakthrough, right? On the other end of your obedience could be somebody else's healing or breakthrough. Could be a ministry, could be a preschool. I keep throwing that out there because we're going to start a preschool, guys. God's got plans. Tyron told a story of a lady who listened to him preach a similar message on obedience, and he prayed for her after. She was like, I just need boldness. I have all these coworkers that I want to tell about Jesus, and I just, I, I just keep not doing it, and I know God's saying do it. So she wrote him a letter and said, I got bold, and I told people about Jesus. One lady got healed of cancer, you guys. Another lady gave her life to the Lord, and then she rattled off three or four other things that happened because she was obedient. We think it's about us. God's asking me to do that, and that's hard. That's not my personality type. Cancer, friend, salvation, healing, ministry, 
whatever, fill in the blank. It's waiting on the other side of our obedience, you guys. All right, next thing that I thought was a wow moment, he said, Tyron said, our revelation of Jesus determines everything we do here on earth. Whew. Our revelation of Jesus determines what we do here on earth. What I understand about him is how I respond. So if I think, eh, it's just a story, I do believe Jesus is a good guy, but I think healing is Old Testament, then guess what? That's, that's what's going to happen. But if I believe that the Bible is true and it's transforming and it's life-changing and that God is still working, that the Holy Spirit's still operating, guess what? The fruit of that is going to follow. It determines what we do. In Luke 4, 5, it says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. It didn't make sense. It was daytime. They'd already tried all night long, caught nothing. They had already cleaned their nets. Jesus wasn't even a fisherman, so what did he know? But because you say so, at your word, I will be obedient. The next thing Tyron said, he said, two greatest challenges that face the church. First one, our inability to hear God. Second one is our unwillingness to do what he says. When he said this, I was like, <coughs> Mark got up at the end and he said, you guys, I just have to tell you how I'm feeling. I feel conviction of the Holy Spirit. And when, when I heard Tyron talking about this, I felt conviction as a pastor, as a leader, as a Christian, as a believer. Like, I, there's truth to this. I don't want there be, to be truth to this, but there's truth to this. Our inability to hear God as his people and our unwillingness to do what he says. Now, here's the thing. God's speaking, right? It's not God's fault. If we're not hearing him, it's not because he's not speaking. It's on our end that we're choosing not to hear. How do we hear? And we hear through his word. We hear through other people. We hear in prayer. There's so many ways that we hear God, and if you want to talk about that, I'd love to talk to you about that. I can help you with that as pastors and leaders and anyone next to you. We can, we can talk about that because sometimes it is hard to hear God. But it's on our end. He's speaking. Why are we not hearing God? And then when we do hear God, why are we like, hmm, our unwillingness to do what he says? The next thing he said was never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a God that you know. I like this one because the Lord has told us to start a preschool years ago. And for the last, I guess the church has been in this building 11 years, so the last 10 years, <laughs> 11 years, we've been like, yeah, we don't have the money. It's too hard. And initially, we really couldn't start a preschool because we were starting a church. Um, but throughout the last handful of years, we've been like, it's too hard, it's too expensive, I would have to go back to school, how would I work full-time, and go to school, and pay for school, and pay cut and job, you know, all of these things, and we've just been teetering, teetering, and then we try to kind of do something that's like, that's mm, hard, we don't know what we're doing, and then finally the Lord is like, Kara, I haven't changed my mind, you're supposed to start a preschool, and then I battled the whole, like, what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? I'm making this a big deal, and then it's not going to work, and that's going to be embarrassing. 
And the Lord was like, do you love me? Do you trust me? And so we're on that road. I'm back in school. We're figuring it out. We're getting ready to start the process of getting licensed. And it's in his hands. It's his school. But there are people on the other end of our obedience, you guys. So don't be afraid to trust an unknown future. It is unknown. And some of you right now have unknown futures. Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? Where am I going to work? Who am I going to be with? Blah, blah, blah. You have all these things. It's unknown. But God is known. He's the one factor that's known. And honestly, if you have to have one known factor, he's a pretty good factor to know. Right? So Mark has often shared everybody's opinions in our lives shouldn't carry the same weight, right? Like you have all these people, and they don't all carry the same weight. So if you're a parent to a child, the parent's voice should carry a little more weight than, you know, just a buddy at school. A coach's opinion should carry more weight than your teammate. If your teammate's like, I think we should do this offense, and coach is like, we're doing this offense, you should probably, the coach's opinion should carry a little bit more weight, right? So with that being said, if culture is saying you should do this, and maybe your neighbor is saying you should do this, and your friend is saying you should do this, but God is saying you should do this, we should probably listen to what God says, right? His voice is the most important voice. The next thing that Tyron broke down that I thought was awesome, he said the greatest gift we can give to others is to show them our obedience to God. He was talking about the story of Abraham and his son Isaac. It's in Genesis 22. We're not going to read it. It's a long story. But God had asked Abraham, take your son up and offer him as a sacrifice to me. Say, what? So Abraham woke up the next morning. He didn't get counsel. Tyron's like, he didn't fast and pray and ask all of everybody to pray. He heard God and he was like, okay. So he loads everything up, takes his son up. He goes to the exact mountain, and God said, I'll tell you which mountain. He goes up to that mountain. It's important detail. Because sometimes like God gives us something, and we're like, well, I'm not going to do it in that town. I'm going to do it in this town. I'm not going to do it on Tuesday like you said. I'm going to do it on Friday because the weather's better. We bargain with God all the time. I always do this, and I'm like, I sound like a child. Can I just have two cookies? Right? So they go up to the mountain. They listen, he listened to God's voice. There was a backup lamb. Uh, there was a lamb in the thicket. And I think it's interesting. Abraham did not bring a backup animal. I would have brought a backup animal. <laughs> I'm going to tuck it away just in case. Because <laughs> that's going to save my boy's life. <laughs> and then I'll tell God I'm sorry later. He, he just went. He, he was obedient, you guys. Um, and I love what he said. He said the most important thing we can give to our kids the gift that we can give them is the that we've followed God and was obedient to God. Because that teaches them his faithfulness, and then it teaches them that they can be obedient to God. And everyone around us, when they see we're obedient to God, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but his ways are always better. His ways are always better. Tyron, would you mind hopping on the keys? I'm going to land this. So in closing, I'm going to read the scripture that Tyron read. It's out of the Passion Translation in Psalms 32, verse 8 and 9. It says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway of your life. 
I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. You don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Isn't that beautiful? I think I should read this to myself every day. (laughs) There are so many promises in this verse, in these two verses. I will stay close to you. I will instruct you. I will guide you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way. I will lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. He will stay close to you. Can you just receive this in your spirit today? He will instruct you. He will guide you along your path. He will advise you with his wisdom. He will lead you forth with his eyes and he will be your guide. On our end, he says, don't be difficult. Don't be stubborn if I try to do something new. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Simply come with me. Can we tell him this morning, I'll come to you. I come to you. Guys, this is a love relationship. It's not, I think our culture is like, obey, and it's this hard, like, thing, and then all of us are like, heck no, like, don't tell me to obey. <laughs> we all do that, right? Uh-uh. I'm doing the opposite of what you just said. It's not that kind, guys. It's, that's our culture. That's, and yes, we have rebellion and all of those things, but obedience to God is a love relationship. Things in the Bible are countercultural to what we know. It's not the same. It's not apples to apples. It's different. So don't let the enemy get in your head and be like, oh, now you have to obey God and do all these commandments. And it's, it's this religious thing. It's not. It's a beautiful love relationship. And you guys, he has the best for us. He's not like, obey me because I'm God and it'll be so-so. It's good. We are his children. He is a good father. And you guys, I'm not going to lie, obedience is not easy, but it's good, and it's, it's fruitful, and it sharpens us and changes us, and then it changes those around us, and everyone's like, wow, where'd you get these fish? How'd you do that? Who are you listening to? And you're like, oh, it's this awesome Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you what he's done for me. You guys, peace in your heart. You can't buy that love and joy, contentment, not being filled with anxiety, being able to sleep at night because no matter what the world is doing, Jesus is in control. Those kinds of things are the fruit of walking with Jesus. Sign me up for that every day of the week. Obedience equals love. Love equals obedience. He wants a relationship with you guys. He doesn't want it with just me because I'm a leader here or so-and-so because they read most of the Bible or the good person. He wants a relationship with you today, right where you are. When I was a teenager, I went kind of back and forth. I was like, I really love Jesus, but I really like to do my own thing. Oh, wait, I really love Jesus, but I kind of want to do my own thing. 
And then I realized I can do both because my thing is the desires that God put in my heart anyway. It, we get to choose to love him. And he works through us and our life is fruitful and good. He will instruct you. He will advise you. He will pull you close. So can we commit, church? Would you mind standing with me as we close and pray? Can we say, I won't be stubborn? Come on, say it. I won't be stubborn. God, you are not going to have to pull me along. Right? And yank me like, come on, Mark, come on. Let's just follow him. Let's say yes. And you know what? Sometimes when God says something, we do have to process. And I'm not saying don't process. Pray about it. Sometimes you do have to get godly wisdom. Sometimes you do have to seek. And then there's some times like Abraham, you just say, yes, Lord. Would you lift your hands with me if you feel comfortable? Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We trust you. We don't understand it all, but I trust you. Would you speak to me? Guide me. Instruct me. Lead me with your eyes. And to that, I say yes. Would you take a moment in your own personal space and just in your heart, just say yes. You might not even know exactly what you're saying yes to other than him. He'll lay out the details later. But in your heart, would you just say yes, Jesus? A succession of yeses. It starts this morning just saying, yes, Lord. As Noah said, yes, Lord. As Abraham said, yes, Lord. As Simon said, yes, Master. Jesus to his Father and to death said, yes. I say yes. Whatever it is that you have, I say yes. God, I thank you that the who's and the what's on the other end of our obedience will be forever changed. Not because we're awesome, but because you're awesome. That cancer will flee. That people will come to know your saving grace. That schools and preschools will be started. That ministries will be started. That people will reach people groups in other countries, in places where they don't know the gospel. That, that people in this room would write books. People online watching would write books and articles about your goodness, sharing the good news, that Bibles would be delivered. The list can go on and on to simple yeses. God, I pray that the ripple effect of what is happening this morning would just resound through the generations. God, we're going to dream big this morning. Could it be a book? Could it be a preschool? Could it be a ministry? Could it be a people group? Could it be a revival? Could it be salvations? God, have your way. We now know that your love language is obedience. And it's a wonderful thing that we get to choose to say yes. As every eye is closed in this place, if you don't know Jesus this morning, I would like to invite you 
to just say yes. The Bible says that if we invite Jesus into our hearts, that he will come in and he will reside and live within us, that he will be our Savior and our Lord, that he will wash our sins away, that he will wipe us clean and he will be with us, that he will always be with us. So if that's you this morning, would you say this prayer? If you're watching or listening online, would you say this prayer with me? Dear dear God, I acknowledge that you are real, that you sent your son to die for me. So I say yes. Come on in. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sin. Change my life. I choose you. Can we all say that this morning? I choose you. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. If you need a Bible, if you need prayer, if you need connected to a church and you don't live here locally, we can help you. Whatever you need today, God is real. He is here. We will have people up here in just a few minutes to pray for you. There is no prayer that is too big or too small. So come on up and we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll join our faith with yours. If you need anything, you can get a hold of us at contact at impactrock.com. I'm just going to pray this blessing over you. It's out of number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.